Yeah. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, thud? Today on From A to Ziggy. Can you hear me? What? Welcome to From A to Ziggy. This is the podcast in which we listen to every single David Bowie song in alphabetical order. My name is Thomas. And I am Travis. And today we're talking about Can You Hear Me from the album Young Americans 1975. Which I believe... So this is, I believe, our first David Bowie song off of Young Americans. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, this is... We did talk about, what, Across the Universe? We did talk about Across the Universe. That was a cover. That was a cover. And this one it is an original song. It is an original song. But not the original version of this song. No. But I do think it, I think it was one of the first ones that was recorded for the album, right? Whereas Across the Universe was one of the last. Yeah. This was one of the first. And it started life as a... I think it was written originally for the Diamond Dogs album. It's part of that, that whole kind of soul vibe throughout that album with um, Sweet Thing, those kinds of songs. Ultimately left off of Diamond Dogs, but I think Bowie had recorded it with Lulu. First, yeah. Right? Kind of a follow up to the version of The Man Who Sold the World that she did. And then it should be noticed that that was from that session where he met Carlos Alomar. Right. There they were in New York. Carlos, Carlos Alomar was uh, a session musician at RCA. And yeah, there he was. And Bowie and Carlos met up and hit it off. Carlos invited him back to his uh, apartment, showed him some stuff, satisfied Bowie's hunger for uh, the R&B music of America at that time. And yeah, Bowie was sold. It was a fast friendship. It was. It was a good friendship. This is a fantastic song. Yeah, so uh, can you hear me? This is a very, um, it's a very sexual song. Yeah, I was, so when I was listening to it, all I could think was like, this sounds like what would play at the end of like a romantic comedy but like a good romantic comedy like a like a when harry met sally caliber of romantic comedy not like a i'm having trouble seeing it in anything with uh billy crystal was it billy crystal yeah that was the first like romantic comedy i could think of that's not just total swill because a lot of it is pretty usually when you say rom-com you think of like nicholas sparks movies and crap like that yeah my my brain is just rejecting any any association of billy crystal with the lyrics of this song. <laughs> it just sounds like something that would be as like the, the two people who will they or won't they throughout this entire movie get together and then you hear this like awesome soulful Bowie tune. Yeah, but this song is this song is more like this is a Marvin Gaye kind of thing. This or this is a uh, Billy Crystal doesn't have to be involved. This is a bear. I don't want you to think this has this to be a, a Billy Crystal vehicle. Alright, I'm trying to get Billy Crystal out of my mind. I'm trying to imagine Barry White. This is more of a Barry White style song about sweet, sweet love. Sweet, sweet loving. I think those words are actually in... Those, those are part of the lyrics, right? Sweet, sweet love. Yes. Fairly sure. Yeah. Yes. This is... Yeah, this is literally one of those songs about sweet, sweet love. This is, this is a dirty song. This is a dirty song. Wait a minute. So you mean to tell me that when he's saying to take it into your heart, he's not meaning take my love to your heart? He's speaking metaphorically. Do you mean that there's some kind of a subtext? 
<laughs> well, you don't want to take it in the wrong way. You don't want to take. Maybe I'm taking this whole thing the wrong way. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> this is like not. This is single entendre. This song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it is that you take before a live studio audience. <laughs> um. Yeah. This. You're right. This lays it out. This is all right there. Right. Right out there. This is. I'm on the road all the time and I got all these ladies coming by me and there is not anyone else that I want to take my love inside. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the gist of it. This song was written for uh, Bowie's girlfriend at the time, Ava Cherry, who was also uh, a singer. And uh, she and uh, who... uh, Carlos Alomar brought along his his wife or girlfriend, I forget which, uh, Robin Clark, uh, who also brought uh, Luther Vandross along to uh, Sigma Sound in yes. Philadelphia as they recorded this song. And Fresh-faced, 23-year-old, aspiring singer. Was he that young? Luther Vandross, yeah. Wow. People didn't know who Luther Vandross was at that time, but uh, they soon would. And he made a splash with this with this whole album. This, all Luther of- Vandross was responsible for a lot of people making splashes. Hey! Oh boy! Oh boy! Um, that was another sexual innuendo. <laughs> um, I don't really get it. Sexual innuendo, <laughs> wordplay. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Luther Vandross did the uh, vocal arrangement for the backup singles, singers, which is a big part of this song. Yeah. Apparently, Bowie was having some trouble with his voice. He was a little insecure about hitting the high notes. He said much later that uh, his drug habit was getting in the way of him hitting the high notes. He had this sort of raspiness to his voice. And you can kind of hear it in that. Yeah, but I, I like it. Did you ever hear I that? like how raw it sounds. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, exactly. He's, you, he sounds like a, uh, a man striving yeah. with, with his passions. On that, on that whole record. If you watch the uh, performance, he did uh, Young Americans in 1984. If you watch that performance, you, you really hear him uh, sort of struggling there. And yeah, apparently that was the, the drugs. That was one of the side effects of the cocaine. Yeah. It was uh, of his... But... <laughs> of his cocaine. <laughs> the cocaine. Uh, but the, the one great side effect of all that cocaine was Young Americans. So you take the good with the bad. Yeah. Doesn't take away one bit how amazing mm. this whole album is and this song as well quick side note uh, on the topic of david bowie and cocaine because i i, I don't want to sit on this n- note until we get to the s's in a couple years i was watching coverage of the republican national convention but there was some chaos going on there was no one speaking at the time so there's a band there that was just kind of playing people on and everything so they to fill the time they were jamming and it was uh, one of the guys that the, so the band leader was ge smith who used to head the snl band oh, yeah. played with uh hollow notes he's he's been a studio uh, the session guitar player for many 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 artists they started playing station to station you know not just doing an instrumental version of it there was some singing about the side you know about the effects of cocaine they come into the the uh the really upbeat part of it yeah yeah. Odd choice. Odd choice. Although now that you say it was G.E. Smith and the... Well, not... not. I think of it as G.E. Smith and the Saturday Night Yeah, it's hard to think of his name and not... Have, you grow up thinking that's his full name. G.E. Smith and Saturday Night Band. But he's just truncated. He's just going by G.E. Smith Just going by G.E. Smith these days. Yeah, there was probably something subversive to it. Like Okay, yeah. A bunch of paranoid people tweaking out. Why not sing this song about cocaine? Yeah, that's one of the side effects of cocaine, right? Paranoia. I, I tweeted about this too. It's paranoia, erratic behavior, 
And see, I thought that uh, when I saw that, I thought it was a uh, like an official, officially sanctioned sort of mission statement by the Republican National Committee. You know, we support the use of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. In fact, we do so because we're doing it. Because a lot of uh, on Diamond Dogs, a lot of there's a lot of references to cocaine. Yeah. On that album, and it's it's kind of Bowie saying, you know, yeah, I do cocaine. No biggie. <laughs> no big deal. That's one of the things you do on cocaine. Is yeah. You just you tell people, yeah. It's, hey, by the way, I'm on cocaine right now. It's it's working out really good for me. You're gonna you're gonna love this stuff. But no, it wasn't. It was. It's not like Donald Trump told them you need to sing this song about cocaine. Yeah. No. It, it was. I'm pretty sure just them being like, hey, let's play this song. This would be fun right now. Yeah. Well, that I, that I can see because it's a fun song. Yeah. Anyway, station Anyways, to station. station. You, can, you can you can hear us talk about station to station in 2017. For now, you can hear us talk about can you hear me, which. Um, Again, comes from the Sigma Sound sessions in Philadelphia, the Philly Soul. Actually, I read somewhere that Young Americans doesn't really count as a Philly Soul album because it's it doesn't actually use any of the Philadelphia-based musicians because Bowie brought them from New York and London, I think. Yeah, it's uh, first of the sound lovingly as Plastic Soul. Plastic Soul. Which I don't know if it was also a take on the Beatles' Rubber Soul, which was a take on, I can't remember what they were, so another art, or the Beach Boys. Had. Rubber Soul was the Beatles' take on Plastic Soul. Right. Plastic Soul was black musicians in the 60s describing soul performed by white musicians. It's basically a more clever version of what we would now just call cultural appropriation. Yeah, right. Yeah. You mentioned um, Daryl Hall earlier. Yeah. He called the, the whole plastic soul, blue-eyed soul phraseology a kind of a racist thing because we're all musicians, man. We just play music. It's just music. Yeah. Um, well, let's not get into that you know, like it is a very con- this, is, this is an argument that I have with my girlfriend very often because I listen to a lot of reggae from both sides of the racial spectrum. So it ends up being... It's a complicated issue. It is a complicated you know what? issue. It's really just very simple. It's all music. At the end of the day, it's all music, and it all comes. My stripped down version of it is: if it comes from a place of, in this situation, if it's paying an, an, a bit of an homage and taking cues from, it, and yes, I'm sure it'll, it does come off as white people stealing this great music, but it's, it, it is coming from a place of admiration and. Uh, thank you for thank you for making this great music that I would now expose to this audience that maybe wouldn't get into it and along the way say hey 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 if you like this thing that I did you should listen to these artists that inspired me to do this thing yeah right like uh, if it's real it's real yeah so and Young Americans is real and this song is real like again this if you are not trying to have children you should not listen to this song. This is baby-making music. Indeed. It is. You know what I like about this song is the emphasis on the word right makes me think that this song must have right in the title. But it's not the song right from the same album. I like when artists do this, is they have sort of a vocabulary that fits within an album. Yeah. So there are words that you, you feel like belong on that album. Uh, there's sort of, sort of a code going on in between songs. I remember one that uh, Nine Inch Nails did 
uh, on the Broken album, all of the songs are one word, and all of the words, let's see, each of the words that makes up a title on the song is also a lyric that occurs in another song on the album. That's pretty clever. Except for a couple of them, the, the two instrumental ones. But uh, words like wish and what were they? Uh, now I have to look it up. What's on Broken? Uh, wish, last, gave up, physical, no, not physical. Wish and last and gave up. Anyway, all of those songs, they seem, they have words that occur in the other songs. And so it's kind of like this. There's sort of a vocabulary going on where the, the songs sort of have a dialogue going on between them, which is really cool and it makes for good listening to the album, but it makes it really hard for me to distinguish one song from another when I'm trying to think of one in particular. Mm. Um, so I always get this song and right mixed up for instance and i get a lot of the songs on this album mixed up not because it all blends together not because it's homogenous or anything but just because of that my trying to remember them by the lyrics or by the titles it's a thing it's a thing can you hear me let's see what else is there to say about can you hear me i mentioned that uh dick cavett i'm sorry i always say dick cavett it's dick cavett isn't it yeah i mentioned that dick, dick cavett uh, appearance. They did perform this song too. This song and Foot Stompin'. Do you find live video of them doing this song? Mm -mm, no, that's ah, the thing. Yeah, all I could find was live audio. Oh, and yeah, I never. Heard I don't think it was from that show, from oh, that appearance, but there was a live stomping. audio from '74, and the sounds not great. Like the band is really drowned out. Of Can You Hear Me? Yeah, I would love for a live video of this song to pop up, mm, so to speak. Yeah. But they, they performed that as well on the Dick Cavett show, but I don't think it was broadcast, so I don't know if any video exists. Anything else about uh, Can You Hear Me? I, I, I do just need to give an appreciation of, like, right before the chorus kicks in and everything stops and just does, like, bam, 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 take it in right. It's just like, oh, it. The bit where it, it drops out, but before it drops out, there's a couple of drum hits. And then silence. Yeah. And then everything and then it all comes hits back. back in. Oh, man. Yeah. So cool. And so this is one of the songs that it's, whenever I see the song that's more than like, you know, five minutes or so, you kind of think to yourself, okay, this could go one of two ways. Either this is going to engage me to the point that I don't realize that this is like a longer than average song, or you're going to get to the like two and a half, three minute mark and be like, this is just pure filler. What's going on here? Why is this song this long? And this song is engaging as all hell. Right up to the end, when the music goes and it's just the acapella Bowie and the backup singers. Acapella Bowie and the backup singers. Yeah. It sounds like a tribute band. Yeah, I think that if I ever started a David Bowie tribute band, that should be, that's what it would be called. Yeah. Even though there would probably be no acapella. Right. Um, yeah, this is just an awesome song. I like it a lot. Yeah. This is the moral of the story. How much a lot do you like it? Oh, man. How can I make this rating system not too, uh, too gross? Keep it below X-rated. Right. I guess I'm just, I'm just going to give this song four and a half evenings of sweet, sweet love. Four and a half. Yeah. That's nice. A, this is a damn good song. And like, it, partially because it's a great song as it stands on its own, but partly also because I'm listening to it and I'm like, this feels like a David Bowie song that directly influenced Light of the Concords. And I always appreciate those Bowie songs a little extra. So that just that really, there's some moments felt like, oh, this could be one of those Flight of the Concords like soul songs. Hmm. Yeah, it's... It, Kind of skirts that parody territory. Yeah. Um, I like this song, too, a lot. Um, but I don't think I'd give it more than four evenings of sweet, sweet love. I have to call it off at some point. I gotta, gotta get up in the morning. Yeah. Don't want to 
Um, I'm going to lead, lead the song on. Yeah. I'll cut it off at four. All right. Can You Hear Me? Good song. That's going to do it for, for this one, right? Maybe before we wrap up Can You Hear Me, we should tell people how they can hear us. You can keep oh. up with us. And we can hear you if you uh, join us on uh, Facebook and on Twitter. From A to Ziggy is our handle at, at those locales. And uh, you can also subscribe via iTunes, via the Stitcher app. Leave a rating and a review on iTunes. Uh, what else? Twitter, Facebook. It's been so long. Twitter, Facebook, and iTunes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, until then. <laughs> I'm <laughs> floundering here. Um, uh, we so have, there's, a, there's another episode coming up. Right? There is another episode. And I'm sorry, because it sounded like you were about to transition into those before I was like, no. No, we no, need no, to no. shamelessly self-promote. Interrupt. And, and I'm sorry. No, no, I already did. Because yeah. okay. you sounded like you were ready to move on. And I was like, no, we need to give all the promotional first. And I can't help that because I just, I can't stop thinking about me. And you know, I support that. Mm-hmm. I support that attitude. Sometimes you've got to. You just got to do you. Yeah. And we're going to talk about a young, young Mr. David Bowie. when he needed to just do him. And yes. he... He couldn't help thinking about him. Next episode, whenever that happens to be. Yes. Uh, yeah, until then, for me to Ziggy, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, reviews, Stitcher, and my name's Thomas. And I am Travis. Bow, bow, bow. That was the show. It's true. They got a message.